Well, hello everyone. Welcome to Gigi and the 561. I'm Pam Barker. Thanks for being with me today and stay with me because I am all over the map with my topics today. Someone recently said to me, oh, I know you like to you know, talk about food, whatever. You know, I talk about everything. This is a general topic podcast. I talk about food probably the least of anything, <laughs> but oh, lots of stuff today. It's still season here in the Palm Beaches, and I, I was out today, Gary was out today, we, were, we went different directions, we came home saying the same thing, when will season be over? And supposedly, it starts, people return to their home, wherever, um, their other six month out of the year domiciles. By the 1st of May, it's really cleared out, so we're, we're, we're coming to that However, so many people have moved here that I think we're not going to see as much of a, of a change as normal. But anything will help because it's entirely crazy right now. TV shows. Let's talk briefly if you're watching Ted Lasso or Succession. We also watch Diplomat. Um, Diplomat um, is one of those supposed to be a political thriller and all I could focus on was the uh, the uh, the minor things about the show that were really distracting, like Carrie Russell looked like she never shampooed her hair or took a shower. She looked disheveled all the time. It's like run a brush through that hair just for a second. Not you know, no big deal. Um, we were not in love with it. We did watch all of it. Uh, Ted Lasso. It's um, it has a different vibe to share, but we love it. We love the 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 people in it are so so talented we we really love it succession of course is top shelf um, programming um, so if you are a fan of that let's talk let's talk come on come on to the podcast we can talk about it um, I did this weird thing this week uh, on Sunday when you're bored and you don't have anything to do and you don't want to do anything there are things you could do you just don't want to do it and I was thinking about our dog we lost in the um, in the summer of the early part of the summer of 2018 and so it made me think about how you heal from from loss and really what prompted it a friend of mine posted a very short little little sentence on Facebook about losing she lost both her parents within a month of, of each other They'd been married forever, and her post was was pretty. Uh, I thought it it was profound in a lot of ways because she said, you know, you don't really understand. You lose your parents and you're sad and you grieve, but in time, you realize what they meant in your life, and how no one, absolutely no one, can replace those particular loved ones in your life. So it made me stop and think about how you grieve and how uh, how I have about my family. I've talked about it a lot on the podcast. But talk about my dog, our dog, uh, Bella Regina. We called her Reggie. She was a Cavalier King Charles Spaniel. And we lost her after 11 years of being my constant companion because Gary went other ways uh, at the Palm Beach Post and other other things. Uh, having to do with work and she literally was beside me in my lap glued up to my leg every day as I did 
writing, podcasting, whatever, she was right there. Those are the best dogs in the world. They are not going to go out and hunt with you. They are not going to go out and spend a lot of time running crazy through the through the you know the uh, dog park. They're pretty much a little bit of a snob in that regard. They just kind of want to be in your lap. They were raised that way. The way they were bred that way to literally be your companion. So losing her was was huge uh, in in our world. So I put together photos of a time where I began to begin the healing process of losing her. There's a, there's a great article, you can look it up, it's out there, on how it affects, how it can affect people, the death of a dog. Um, and and it's a wonderful article, and it is spot on when it comes to me and, and, and her. And I can never have another dog because um, my heart can't take it, for one thing, my broken heart, and for another... Once you've had a cavalier, there is no other dog for you, for me, I mean. Um, and so that's that's uh, that's off the table. But some of our dear friends have a Maltese, and I love, love, love him so much. And so it's sort of a um, hit-and-run love situation with a, with a dog. But what I did, I went through my camera photos, which I have so many. It took a while to find them because... I didn't put them together in an album back in uh, 2018 when we did this trip, this cross-country trip. It was one of these things where Gary said, "We need to, you need to figure out a way to, to, to begin the healing process. And so did he, but it, it, it hit me so very, very hard. And so we went cross-country, and the very last thing, I mean, we went literally all across, and we landed in Palm Springs. Palm Springs is a desert with the mountain and I really uh, didn't think I had any uh, any love in my heart for a desert in that way however fell in love with Palm Springs and so I put together photos when we got there something magical happened to my psyche I felt I felt I I felt happy for the first time I felt and since the loss of our beloved dog uh, it, these were several months later, lost in the summer. This was October of 2018. And I began to, to feel in my heart um, love of where I was, the location. I loved it. Um, Gary and I had such a special time there together. Gary's a, a fun person anyway. He, he's interesting and smart and never boring and great sense of humor he kids himself harder than anyone else uh, but he's a great kidder loving person so always have a good time with him but this was really magical and so i put all these photos together and i put it on facebook for a hot minute because who cares no one else so i, I put it out there and said this was the beginning of my healing after losing this beloved dog and, and it just made me think so much of, of healing. And then another dear friend, smart person, lost his beloved mother um, this week. And it's, it's just, um, it's difficult in finding your way out of it. So uh, I, I won't call him by name, but he is an absolutely precious, 
precious man does not live in Florida, um, so I can't really see him uh, in person at this juncture, but I'm sending all good wishes there. If you do live in Florida, a couple of things I want to talk about. One has to do with Disney. Uh, Disney and our mm, Governor DeSantis are, are uh, in one continual dust-up, and it's all pointless and silly and a big waste of time when there are real issues in Florida needing uh, attention. They need to be addressed. Disney is not one of them. Disney provides a lot of money, jobs, and it is it has caused so much commercial development. It's hard to go to Orlando because there's so much there. It's crazy. But this Disney's suing him, uh, really kind of for harassment, uh, retaliation, I guess, really is what it is, for things they have taken a stand on. It's all really very silly and a big waste of time but that's going on. Did you know, are you familiar with Tupperware? Tupperware is a plastic product. It's been around since the 40s. It was the invention of a man named Earl Tupper, and it's based in, yes, Orlando. And it has this freshness seal where you put stuff in it, and then you pop it, and you let the air out of it, and it keeps your things fresh for a long period of time. Now, the thing about Tupperware, they're losing money and they may go out of business. That's why I bring it up. Been in business since the 40s. It's like everything, restaurants, everything we're like, everything is going away. Uh, Bed Bath & Beyond going away. Uh, Tuesday morning already. Uh, so Tupperware is in danger of going away. They're trying to re regroup and they're trying to, to fix what is ailing them so they can save the company. But uh, how it worked back in the beginning was people had parties in their homes to sell Tupperware. And if you've ever had Tupperware, the one thing you can count on is losing the, pro you'll have a million lids to bolt plastic bowls and stuff. You can never find the right one that really fits on the bowl you pull out. Um, but they would have parties, people would have parties in their homes and then they would get someone else to have a party and it was not really unlike, what, a pyramid scheme of plastic? I don't know if that's maybe too harsh. But they're, they're really hoping that they will not go uh, out of business. A good friend of ours made an unbelievable living back in the day on Tupperware and then she became, because of her Tupperware, see this, this tells you you never know where things are going. She went into a travel agency one day making a delivery of Tupperware that people there had ordered. And, the, and she was talking and she is an amazing woman. And the owner of the uh, agency heard her. And so he invited her to come into his office and he wanted to give her a trial run as a travel agent. He thought she had the gift. Boy, did she, because she took off with gusto and became an award-winning travel agent for the rest of her career. And she basically took groups. She would sell an entire group and then she would go with them and chaperone them. So she got to travel the world while making money and making this career. And I have so much respect for this incredible woman that I've known since I was pretty young, actually. Um, 
So keep your eye on Tupperware, and if you have any, <laughs> hang on to it, or you better order while you can. Did you know underwater volcanoes exist? Um, much like regular volcanoes, it has to do with, of course, the tectonic plates. But here's what's interesting about underwater, under the ocean, uh, volcanoes, they don't really know how many there are, and they don't know what it means for uh, mapping the ocean floor, for submarines, for ships, for anything that's out there uh, on the sea. Uh, underwater excuse me, water volcanoes are known as, if you've heard of this, sea mounts, S-E-A-M-O-U-N-T-T-S. And they, they are considered to be valuable because the seamounts can assist in knowing where uh, the sea mining efforts need to take place. Uh, submarines have run into seamounts and they do pose a, a great danger. So uh, oceanographers from Scripps Institution of Ocean oceanography at the University of California, San Diego. Uh, they have used radar satellite, uh, the data from uh, satellite, to map the volcanoes as much as they can. And, and their findings have been published in Earth and Space Science Journal. There could be, they, they estimate, over one million underwater volcanoes across the seafloor. But there's so much to be explored. Only about 20% of the seafloor right now has been mapped by ships. Much to learn uh, about underwater volcanoes, and I find that really fascinating. I also find space exploration fascinating, and I was incredibly intrigued about the uh, Japanese uh, lunar uh, uh, lander that was carrying a rover and it was going to land on the moon. Uh, it actually was shot into space on uh, the back of SpaceX back in December. It's been circling and spinning out there and then it was to land. And this was great excitement. Uh, this whole apparatus was actually made uh, in Dubai, I believe. And they expected to learn so much from it. And they have learn things from it, true enough, but it was to land uh, on the moon Eastern time about 1240 on Monday, and I was very jazzed about it, and then Gary came in to bring me, the, and I couldn't find anything about it. NASA channel, I, I was looking on all these different channels trying to see it live. I wanted to see it big. I didn't want to see it on my iPad, and then later Gary comes in and says, yeah, it's, it's lost. They lost it. They lost contact with it, so they assume it is lost, but wouldn't it be funny if it did pop back up? And and yeah, hey, we're here, we're roaming, we're, we're roaming. Uh, that will not be the end of it. Space exploration will continue, and we'll see where where it goes from all of the countries working on it. The thing that made that interesting, it was commercial. It was not a government at per se venture. It was more considered commercial. Now I want to talk about drinking just a little bit before I before I wrap this up, before you get tired of listening to me. 
if you watch Ted Lasso, I have noticed something they do, and I, I didn't know what it was. It has to do with touching the surface of a, of a bar or a, a, a table or even a bench. Whenever they clink their, they make a toast, they clink their glasses, and they'll, but before they drink, they tap the bottom, you know, with a thunk uh, onto a surface. And I was so interested in that. It's it's old, old, old. It's not new. It's not new at all. I'm just very much late to the party. There are many interpretations of what that means. Some of them are kind of sad, and then some of them are just, yeah, okay, I get that, showing respect. Uh, usually you say, I, we, Gary and I will say, cheers, salute, voce sante. We, we say different things, uh, and we clink. Before you do anything, though, about touching the surface, when you clink the glass and you say cheers or whatever you say, you must look the other people or person in the eye. Did you know that? If you don't, it's disrespectful. Uh, uh, I don't believe in this kind of stuff personally, but, uh, you know, it's bad. Like, I don't believe in that. Uh, but it's disrespectful. That I get. So you look, don't look, be looking around the room for somebody better to go talk to. Give them the respect of a split second looking in the eye. It's always good to have great eye contact anyway. So remember that, eye contact. Look them in the eye, always. But the general consensus of opinion as to why you do that, why you, you tap the surface with your glass after you make the toast, it's a way to show respect to the other people that make this possible. The bartender, the bar back, the distributor, the people uh, driving the trucks, it, you know, anyone and everyone. It's it's just kind of a, you know, thank you, we get it. We're, we're having this because all of these other people made it possible. And I really, I really do like that. But there's a, 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 a sadder <laughs> version to that. I, I, uh, morbid kind of uh, kind of version of that. It has to do with honoring a tribute to your comrades that have passed on, your, your loved ones. Uh, it's a way of, uh, according to Vine Pair, this, this part comes from Vine Pair, uh, they, uh, they are saying that it is, it is considered uh, a, a way to say, hmm, we miss you. We missed having a, a cocktail with you or whatever. Uh, it's it's it kind of really does go way way back in the day of kind of uh, there was a time in history when the libation would be passed around a circle. We're having a party. Some beverage is poured into a drinking vessel, and it would be passed all around. And that was a way to honor everyone. I'm. I'm getting this from history, okay, from doing <laughs> doing research. Uh, but then as time went on, and this this part I really do like, it, it became, uh, well, okay, where this goes, I like. Then it became when they had their own glass. Everyone decided, mm, it's not so sanitary, we'll have our own glass. In order to honor the people you've lost, your loved ones that are no longer there, they're no longer part of the group, they would pour the libation onto the floor after the toast. Well, that's wasteful. So they decided there's a better way to honor them. And that is when the tapping of the bar or the 
or the uh, tapping of the, the table you read or whatever. So I am here to tell you all about how to do a toast with respect to a lot of other people. It's not just about you. Thank you so much for being here with me. Let me know if you want to see my photos of, of Palm Springs. I will let you see them. Come on, let's talk about succession. What do you think? Is Roman, is, is he the man? You know, what's with Shiv? Hmm. Thank you so much again for, for listening, being here over and over and over, coming back to hear my podcast. I appreciate it. It's on over 20 platforms as well as NorthPalmBeachLife.com. It always rests there. iTunes, Spotify, Pandora, Amazon, and 20, over 20 other platforms. You will find GG in the 561. Don't forget to look on NorthPalmBeachLife.com, our website. Lots of stuff there. Gary writes for All Things Cruise, G-E-R-R-Y, but it's pronounced Gary, and Splash Magazine Worldwide. So he's out there writing for travel, writing for our website, busy, 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 photos everywhere, putting stuff out on our YouTube channel by the same name, NorthPalmBeachLife.com. My books are on Amazon, so people, get with me. If you want to know how to find podcasts, you want to be on a podcast, whatever, connect with me. Communication. That's what it's all about, right? Thank you again for being with me today. GG in the 561. I'm Pam Barker. Stay with me.